Hi, and welcome to the Digiday podcast at Cannes. I'm Michael Berge, senior editor with Digiday, and I'll be your host for a series of bonus episodes from the Cannes Lion Festival, which just got underway. Every day this week, I'll be bringing you interviews with CEOs and founders who are going to speak to things like the power of AI, the blending of media and creative, what's going on with the culture wars, and fighting the good fight on sustainability. My guests on this second episode are Gene Freeman, the CEO of Zambezi, and Grace Tang, who runs Scale by Zambezi, which is the agency's media arm. I wanted to get their take on how agencies react to woke culture, the impact of AI, and being a women-owned company in a male-dominated industry. Here's our interview. So, Jean, Grace, thank you so much for uh, joining us here in Cannes, overlooking the Palais. Um, I guess in, in your own words, just give us, you know, 30-second take on what Zambezi is and how you started it and what you feel your mission is. We're a founded creative agency based in Los Angeles. We have a newly opened, I would say, uh, sister office in Minneapolis that we opened during COVID. Um, but we have been on the journey from a creative only to a full service. Um, and Grace has been a big part of that with our media offering. And we have clients like Traeger Grills, Spindrift, TaylorMade Golf. Um, and in our early days, we really focused on sports entertainment brands. It really allowed us to, to scale from a startup uh, to a mid-sized company, but we really focus on consumer brands, the fun stuff, sneakers, headphones, you know, it's it's a good time. So I'm curious, um, being that you're a, a women-owned and women-led agency, um, it's almost iconoclastic that you kind of started in the sports area. Tell me a little bit about that and how fun or challenging that can be, because sports tend, you know, guys tend to think sports, that's our turf, you know? Yeah. And I mean, the fact of the matter is most businesses is male dominated. There's very few businesses, even the beauty business. There's really not a lot of female representation, even from an ownership perspective. Um, So I was part of the founding team that helped found it in 2006 and then had the opportunity to take over ownership in 2015. So for the last eight years have really been building what I view is what a modern agency needs to look like. And and then also set an example for that for the industry. Cool. Now, Grace, I think uh, Scale by Zambezi, the media arm, was started in 2018, um, and you you started it off, right? Tell me how that's evolved, and give me a little bit of sense of how media and creative play together. Yeah, I would say, actually, be having media in a creative shop is actually the best of both worlds. I love the fact that we have the data, we have the analytics, we have the results, but by being a part of a creative shop, I mean, I, we really push the boundaries. That's what we can do. And it's just great having creative in-house. I mean, essentially, we can go just down the office or on Zoom, whatever it is, and just yeah. basically be like brainstorming and just kicking, you know, like ideas around. And I think that actually has made our media so much stronger. And I think a big part of our growth is the fact that we're a part of a creative agency, but still being very media focused. How much has it made creative stronger? That's a great question. You know, I would feel like it's, I mean, from my point of view, I think it's also, especially with our integrated clients, made creative much stronger yeah. in the sense of like for Traeger Grills, like we had this like really unique billboard idea. And I think it was the fact that we could do both. That's how it came to light. Same with UKG, another integrated mm-hmm. client. Like we've really pushed the envelope for them. They're B2B, but really they're B2B2C. And the places that we play in are like TED.com, you know, in terms of, you know, in terms of like thought leadership. And so just the idea of 
just being in new places and being able to brainstorm with the creative team just has a stronger output all the way around. Yeah, it's funny. I I keep wondering how soon the industry is going to end up rebundling. And oh. you guys were kind of ahead of that curve by doing it five years ago. Yeah. Um, cool. So uh, I'd love to get your thoughts a little bit just because everyone's talking about it. AI, is that popping up in your working lives? And if so, how? Um, and where do you think this is all going? Yeah, I mean, I can start with that. So for our one of our clients, Health Aid Kombucha, we have been using ChatGPT specifically to look at it from a social perspective. Yeah. We looked at it from competitive, social, but also just from a messaging, as in like what we're doing right now, what we're missing. And one of the things we did for the clients is we know that there's two elements that the internet has been talking about that Health Aid Kombucha has not been highlighting. Mm-hmm. So we actually used it to our, and actually presented to the client being like, here's what we found in ChatGPT. Are you interested in expanding your messaging to these areas and then actually building social messaging in ChatGPT based off of that? So we've actually just been playing around with it and had recommendations for our clients recently, which has been pretty positive, positively received. Any, uh, and I know you can't get into too much client detail, but any like example of like what ChatGPT popped up for the kombucha client? Because that, that I'd love to know kind of what might have been unearthed that you humans might not have come up with yourselves because that's the whole promise of AI. Yeah, I think there was two. I think it was um, sustainability. I mean, mm-hmm. look, we already knew that health aid does do that. They believe in it. We just didn't highlight it. Yeah. So that was one in particular. And I think the other one was something around their branding. And so, you know, it was just a way for us to be like, look, we know that you guys already do that, but it was just a matter of, is it worth having that be one of the key pillars to talk about versus, yeah. you know, focusing on the education of like the health benefits of kombucha. So I think it was just a matter of us seeing if that made sense to highlight in that way. Very cool. Gene, what about uh, on the creative side itself? Is is that, you know, are you, th- there's some concern about AI and, um, you know, misappropriation or rather stealing artists' content and stuff. How much is that on your radar? I mean, it's interesting because as a business owner, you know, we go through, I would say, the last type of evolution that we had this quickly that was so, uh, it it hit all aspects of business was social and social Mm -hmm. media and how that became a tool for marketers. Um, I think with just the proliferation of tools that get developed on a weekly basis, it's showing like we we haven't even seen the capacity of yeah. what this technology can do. Um, and I would say I'm looking at it more from a business owner of what types of positions were done by people that now we can really utilize this technology. Um, and what I want to make sure that we don't do is we lose all young and junior positions right. in any sort of business or creative environment. Um, and that's my fear and just trying to really kind of understand the implications of that. But yeah, from, um, you know, the, the, how quickly you can create very real looking ads. Um, I think it's from a creative standpoint, you know, we're always going to have a need for creative people, but you have to have the understanding and the willingness to understand it to, um, to be able to, you know, be a player in this moving forward. Yeah, it it would be terrible if all junior positions like get yeah. eliminated because yeah. how, how would you start this industry you, after? But yeah, I, I mean, you know. you're, I mean, you're hearing even what from Grace from a standpoint, competitive, you know, analysis. Mm-hmm. These are a lot of entry positions coming into the industry. So I think we have a duty to ensure that that's not the case. Yeah, that's reassuring to hear. Do you want to add to that? Oh, I was going to say, I mean, there's two things. One is for Traeger Grills, which is another one of our clients. We had a presentation this past week about AI and how they mm-hmm. can better use it. So. It was just really interesting to, to look at it comprehensively on how they could be 
adding more recipes to their brand or whatever yeah. it is, like feeding chat GPT information so people were to ever ask, like it would be ready for that. Um, then the other thing, it's just in theory, then you can use this as a tool for learning for the, gen- the, the younger junior folks, right? So if they use that as their base tool, then yes. that's a great way to learn as opposed to, you know, making all the mistakes, which is fine. And you have to do that anyway, but they just start at a higher level to begin right, with. You don't have to kind of rebuild Rome in a day yeah. to in get theory, to that point. Yeah. 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 Okay. Teach us dinosaurs how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the prompting. At that point, yes. it's the prompting is the skill. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad to hear that it's kind of being used in a way that doesn't necessarily supplant humans. Um, I think that's the greater fear is, you know, sentient AI and all that stuff, but we won't go down that Terminator path. Um, Okay, so here's here's a bit of a, a weird and tough question, but there's been this reaction in the last several months that has been heavily politicized of a reaction to what's dubbed pejoratively woke culture. I'm wondering as an agency, as a female-led agency, how do you deal with that with your clients? You know, whether it's Target being attacked for having done, you know, kind of pro-LGBT stuff or the Bud Light situation. How do you deal with that with your clients? And do you encounter the reaction to what's dubbed woke? Yes. Um, well, we're speaking on Juneteenth, but we're yes, not we, in the United yes, States. We yes. are in France and also during Pride Month as well. So I I always think it's through the lens of, again, what's there's an appropriate brand voice for every brand. And I think what CMOs are grappling with now is what do we need to comment on and what do we not need to comment on? And I think that's where agencies can really be partners in that journey of ensuring um, stances in terms of any sort of societal issues, it it represents the brand authentically from that standpoint. Um, But we are in a very binary time. There's only, you're either on the right side or you're on the left side, and there's not a lot of room for gray. And I think that's the other discussion that we have a lot with our clients is there's a lot of people in the gray. And so we have to make sure that, you know, it's appropriate. And I, and I do also think we, um, you know, from a media perspective too, have to be able to having more open, really kind of uh, dialogues as opposed to just throwing lobs that no one's responding to. There, there's a lot of that and, you know, um, more how we, get, how we get to places where there can be understanding is through dialogue. Well said. You used the word binary before, and it leads me to uh, another question I wanted to ask you. You know, in your experience as a female-led agency, are we moving past the era of where you lead with gender um, or not? I'd love to know from both of you, maybe starting with Eugene. Yes. I mean, it's 10 years ago, I think again, leading with gender because it was more of an anomaly from that standpoint. I do think now as we're coming into a time, I mean, Serena Williams, is is she the greatest tennis player of all time or is she the greatest female tennis player of all time? So we're having- I have a strong feeling. (laughs) I do too, I do too, I'm a tennis player. but you know, even the even the conversation earlier of being women owned and then also being involved in sports, um, that is one thing that with a, one of our clients, UKG, who uh, is a payroll processing a human performance company, pay equity is an issue that they can really stand behind. Um, it makes sense for their brand, uh, and we have encouraged them to get very involved with women's sports, specifically on the pay equity side. So I think there's ways that you can show that you're just not having the conversation for having the conversation, but actually taking action and yeah. then showing what can come of that. 
Um, but, but I do think specifically as we, you know, I have, I have like two high schoolers um, and it's interesting to see their thoughts on gender. It's very different from a standpoint. And it, again, a lot of things, how we're viewing it within large corporate um, standpoints, um, gender is more fluid. And that I think will be an interesting conversation as marketers that we continue to have as we're trying to advertise to the elusive Gen Z. Yes. Grace, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I guess I wanted to say that I think we started off with gender because ultimately it represented certain qualities as to what we were looking for within an organization, like empathy, listening, people have a chance to be heard, even if they're not the loudest one. I think it was the ideals of that is what we aspired to. So ultimately, doesn't matter if it's male or female, as long as those qualities are being received and felt. I mean, I think generally speaking, you still get that more with females, if you will, you know, I'm going to like generally, you know, just completely generalize here. So I do think there's still that importance of having female leadership and being able to call that out. But ultimately, as long as you have like these qualities, I think that's what we're all trying to strive for. Great answers. Thank you. Um, last question for you. Uh, we are in Cannes, lovely place, great food, a lot of events and, ha and things happening here. Anything that you're looking forward to the most during these Cannes Lions? And do you have any awards up? Are you, or do you have any work up for awards? Um, I think we have some that is possibly shortlisted. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it, it's hard to not be inspired being here, mm -hmm. um, seeing old friends. Uh, we have some clients coming this year, so that's a new one for us. Um, and earlier this year with another uh, woman agency owner uh, started an organization called Own It, which is all which is about to bring awareness to the fact of how few women owned agencies there are in uh, the advertising industry, yeah. less than one percent. We're trying to get that number higher. Um, it's been a pretty it's been a, an effort focused mostly in North America, but here in Cannes, we've expanded it and we're excited to meet other women owned agencies across the globe. Anything you're psyched for? Yeah, you know, actually, I was just in a lunch with a number of uh, CMOs, and that was fascinating, just hearing what they were thinking about, like what their challenges are with AI, with, you know, being on what side of wokeness, if you will. So I, I was really uh, inspired, quite frankly, with the conversations that are happening. And that's why what I that's what I'm hoping to gain more of while I'm here is all the different perspectives of different people and where they stand within the industry, I think is really fascinating and will help us when we go back and just to just better understand where our clients are coming from, but also how we move forward, especially going to the planning season this year. Yeah, going back home inspired, but also with a couple of good ideas tucked into your pocket. That's yeah, a exactly. pretty good thing. Uh, Jean, Grace, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, join me and enjoy your Can Lion. Thank, thank you. you.